Welcome to Detox with Allison. Oh shit, we're recording. You are the best podcast naming person. <laughs> this is the show where we sit down with comedians and other funny people, make them take their vitamins and ask them about their life or whatever else we get into. Let's hope Charlie got it right this time. Detox is produced and sponsored by Big Laugh Comedy. Big Laugh Comedy is changing the world one comedy experience at a time. Big Laugh Comedy is the first ever company that provides you with a complete comedy experience, from live shows throughout Texas in Austin, San Antonio, San Marcos, and Fort Worth, to comedy news and everything in between. If you're looking to laugh your ass off with some of the best comedians in the world, or you want to know what your favorite comedian is up to, you need to visit Big Laugh Comedy at blcomedy.com. Get exclusive content and first dibs on tickets by becoming a VIP for free. Go to blcomedy.com slash VIP dash list. Detox with Allison is also sponsored by MSW Vitamin Lounge and MSW Nutrition. MSW Vitamin Lounge is located in Austin and it's the best place to get your vitamin IVs, shots, and health consults. It's also where we record the episodes, so that's pretty cool. If you can't make it to Austin, MSW Nutrition puts the best nutrients possible into their supplements to bring a little bit of the lounge to wherever you are. The boost drinks we're always sipping on on this show are just one of their awesome and effective products. Trust me, I use a ton of them. Go to mswnutrition.com and use the code DETOX, that's D-E-T-A-L-K-S, to save 15% on all your supplementation needs from MSW Nutrition. And if you're in Austin, I hope to see you at the Vitamin Lounge. Hey guys, welcome to Detox with Allison. Um, I'm here with Brian Holtzman today. Is there any hair out of place? <laughs> I think you Do I look, look all right before <laughs> we start? Oh, we already started? You already started. started rolling? Yeah. All right, then maybe you can cut that out then. Hello, Allison. <laughs> Brian, you look fantastic. Well, thank you. It's good you, to uh, uh, look good while you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, you definitely outdress me today. So I think if anyone's got hair out of place, it's me. I'm all stuck up and long-haired everywhere, going crazy. Great. Yeah. How are you doing today? Oh, good. Very good. Uh, I have I have some uh, 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 questions, I guess, before we start yeah. for you. Okay. What am I drinking? Okay. So this is a vitamin cocktail. Uh, show's called Detox with Allison. You go ahead and taste it if you want. Um, but yeah, it's this drink right here. Uh, we kind of call it the multivitamin you can feel. It's a really tasty, like, kind of fruit juice thing. I don't know. We've had is several Is this people... what's going in your arm? Uh, it looks like it. My bag is pink today, but um, slightly different. So this has a lot of B vitamins, so it'll give you some energy. Um, and, you know, like I said, a multivitamin, lots of different ingredients on there. It's got but, like a little bit of a Hawaiian taste to it. Yeah, we had a couple people say that Maybe they I'll thought get it was a lay. <laughs> Get a lay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's real tasty and helps with liver detox, too, because wow. we could all use that being in comedy. Holy cow, you're not kidding. Yeah. You feel uh, it? <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I just want to let you know that I am vaccinated. Oh, wow. You got your government papers right there. Oh, yes. And uh, this, of course, is just a copy. The one I had not, uh, I, I have not laminated the original in case uh, a booster shot is called for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think everybody can agree that uh, uh, it's important not to laminate the original. Mm, that makes sense, unless it's for sure done being written on. Right. Right. Um, by the way, the lemon, is that the, did you use the lamination machine that Red Band gave you? I did. 
<laughs> and I also laminated the hacker schedule. Hacker had his first day of school yesterday, mm. and he was not too pleased. So <laughs> I asked him if he wanted to get some counseling. Oh. And I told him the first day of school is always a nightmare. It's always a horror show for any student. Right. You're getting a new class. Some of some of some of the students are attending a new school, a new yeah. location, new teachers. Uh, and of course, some students are friendlier than others. And, uh, so I hope he gets over it. And, uh, but, uh, this is something, uh, I remember my first time in going to Catholic school at St. Bernard's in Levittown, Long Island. I held onto the fence. Yeah. I would not let go. And my, my sisters, they gave me a complex and they, I thought that they, the way they talked, I was the only one that ever did that. Yeah. There was millions of children who probably didn't even get off the bus. No. Much less hang on to the chain link fence. You know, one minute you're you're in uh, nine o'clock mass with your mother playing with your ball sack, you know, in your own world. And all of a sudden you're thrown into a school atmosphere. It's like it was like for me personally, because I didn't go to uh, um, uh, preschool. Mm. I had no preschool training whatsoever. So it was like me going from playing with my ball sack to Harvard right. or Yale. I couldn't believe it. I said, what? I don't know. So it was a frightening experience, to say the least. And my sisters had to come down and peel my fingers off the chain link fence. And it was just, uh, I remember it was like yesterday. And then I get in the class and they called my name, Brian. And I got excited, you know, oh, I, I exist. Right. I ex and there was another Brian in the class. No. <laughs> I, I almost took my own life in first grade. <laughs> I said, why am I even here? There's another Brian in the same class? I can't play with my ball sack in here. Oh, At least they let me do this in mass. God, it was frightening. <laughs> so uh, I am vaccinated. Hell yeah. And uh, pretty damn proud of it. Good uh, for you. I don't, don't want to get sick and I don't want to make anybody else sick. Yeah, that's important you for know. sure. Clearly, being in a health lounge, we feel the same way. Don't want to, don't want to spread any bad stuff. Right, and um, I think it's important. And I brought you some gifts, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. What'd you bring? Lovely wrapping there. Uh, I brought you a sli slightly used, okay. slightly used uh, highlighter. Oh, sweet! Slightly used because it's like I just used on it. here. Yeah, I just on the used notes that you were taking before the show. <laughs> And then I, uh, I wrote some items of interest for my, my uh, YouTube channel later. Mm. I think you have one of these, but I'm going to give you I another do. one. I do. Yes. You live on the back of my phone, actually. Oh, wow. Look yeah. at that. You got the, pri the prime spot. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny what people will do when you have naked photographs of them. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Have you met this guy that, wrote, that created these? Uh. I got that sent by Stacy Cash in California. Is there somebody who originally? Uh, origi he, yeah, he lives here. He, his name's Zach. He's actually a friend of ours. And there's a big one of these under one of the bridges, like on uh, one of the pillars that holds up one. Like, I think it's oh, the I'd Congress like to bridge. meet him. Here's yeah. One. Uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. I saw that in the comedy store office in Hollywood, and and, and I said I got to make a sticker of that. That yeah. is that is something to live by. And this one I think is very important as well. You can read them if you want, Allison. The main thing to keep is the main thing. The main thing. <laughs> These are really good. Simple, uh, but uh, simple but true. I didn't know you were such a sticker fiend. I thought this was your first uh, your first set. Oh, man. Okay. I love these 
because I actually have one of these from when I did your podcast, but I lost the this oh. part, so I'm going to replace it. Thank you. Wonderful. Hell yeah. We got Holtzman merch in the house right. and a highlighter to highlight it. Very good. <laughs> Stick this somewhere and put some highlighter around it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so you were one of the first big comedians to move to Austin. I don't know if that's true. I think Tony Hitchcliffe moved out here. and Yeah, but like... And, and Red Band was out here first. And of course, uh, JR. Yeah, but I feel like you kind of came... You came shortly after they did, right? I came here February 4th. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, 2021. February 4th. What made you decide to do that? Because at that point, like, it was still a big question mark what was going on in Austin. I wanted to, I didn't want uh, dead air. Uh, I was uh, working on a, a podcast with Red Band in uh, Burbank mm. and I didn't want to let it die. And yeah. nothing was going on in, in LA, uh, of course, because of the COVID-19 or the supposed, supposedly this COVID-19. I don't want to offend anybody who's listening. I don't know if it's true either. Right. Uh, I just don't know. Nobody knows anything and nobody wants to say anything right. to upset anybody. So I don't know what's going on. That's I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I think what would work on another one of these stickers is I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> that's my favorite one. If someone asks me what's going on, my response is I don't know shit about fuck. And that's it. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I got in my pickup and I just drove to Austin, Texas, just like that. Awesome. And uh, how have you been liking it so far? You've about uh, six months in now. It's, it's, it's not hot enough. I wish it was hotter. Yeah. You showed up in a suit today, so I mean, you're clearly handling it okay. <laughs> when you first came out here, maybe uh, when I was talking to you, maybe in like April or something, um, it was already kind of getting warm because it was springtime here. And you made a comment like, I heard it's going to get even hotter than this in a few months. <laughs> and in my head, I was just like, oh, buddy, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> you have a lot of hairs out of place from that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a fun city, right? It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, the uh, the young people, or the younger people on Sixth Street, historic Sixth Street downtown. If you ever witnessed it, uh, they party like they're going to the gallows in the morning, <laughs> like it's their last night yeah. alive, and they act like it. Yeah. They really party like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, I brought a friend to Duncan Trussell's show last week, and. This friend, uh, his name's Alex. He's like, he's a big Duncan Trussell fan because he loves him for his, you know, spiritual woo-woo Buddhist, all that stuff. Right. And so we went to that show and he was like so happy to have seen Duncan. And then we just kind of kicked him out onto 6th Street to find his way home. And he's, his face looked like he entered into the apocalypse. He's like, what is happening <laughs> Saturday night at 10.30 p.m., you know, on 6th Street? Walking Dead out there. I, I like it that they closed the road. I think that's Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I mean, it makes it almost like a bourbon street. A walking street. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. The only thing 6th Street is missing is the, uh, uh, the, the I'm sure there are some, but the, uh, mm, uh, the bar girls. What are the bar girls? Like the ones like out there trying to bring people in? Like or? in Thailand. Oh. You know, bar girls, you know, they work at the bar. And right. You can uh, bar find them and yeah. take them home. And, uh, 
talk about world politics. Yeah. And uh, that's the only thing that's missing. They got yeah. all the bars. They got all the people. The only thing that's missing is, uh, and I'm not an advocate of uh, using women like that, but uh, certainly there's a market for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> most of the most of the bartenders here on Sixth Street are buff dudes. Yeah. Buff dudes, not your type. <laughs> no. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Austin's making you more open-minded already. Would you like to hear some items of interest on today's date? Absolutely. I just, just, just a few. Oh, that's what you were writing down. Perfect. Uh, these are some items that happened today in history on the 18th of August. Uh, this is a segment on your podcast too, by the way. Right. Dead Air with Brian Holtzman. I, I think history's exciting and, and fabulous. You yeah. Know, to see what uh, was going on uh, in 1896. 200 outlaws uh, had a big meeting in Brown's uh, Brown's Hole in the American West. That's all it says. <laughs> Brown's Hole is the worst. <laughs> You know, place name <laughs> do you yeah. did you hear what you just read brown's hole yeah <laughs> in the american west uh butch cassidy got together 200 outlaws and they uh they uh they organized what they were going to do is uh, a train robbing a robbing robbing a syndicate oh yeah syndicate. syndicate yeah like work organized crime type thing and that's where we get the term the wild bunch Mm. So they called themselves that. Uh, supposedly, you never can tell. The people who write history are the <laughs> ones that decide what they think is writable. Mm -hmm. uh, and they thought Brown's Hole was worth including. So I think that's a good a good point of focus. And, and this one is for you. <laughs> okay. This is going to make you uh, maybe stick to the chair. Uh, in 1920, women uh, got the right to vote. That was today. Uh, the 19th Amendment was finally ratified. Uh, they were fighting for the for the right to vote for 72 years. Can you imagine that? 72 years. Finally, Tennessee uh, ratified it by one vote. And we haven't shut up since. And uh, and uh, that's unbelievable to me. 72 years they were campaigning to get the right to vote, and it finally happened on today's date. On the 18th of August, 1920. Wow. Do you think, do you think there's like a cause like that today where you could actually see people sticking to it for 72 years? I feel like people get so bored these days with what they're mad about. <laughs> oh my God. They just, uh, now they're all upset with uh, Afghanistan. It's yeah. just, they can never just be, they can never just be, there's no easy way to uh, what, what do they say? It's real easy to start a war, but right. it's very difficult to end a war. And uh, we're seeing that uh, this is Saigon 2. Yeah. Vietnam 2 at, yeah. at the uh, uh, Cabell Airport. So, then, you know, it's just something else to get people's gander up. And they just don't realize it's in the DNA of the human condition. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have to get involved. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... At the end of the days, you know, those are the people that live there. Right. It's, yeah, we're looking at it from here, and we have no idea what it's actually like to be in that right now. It's a shame that there might be some different things that women are going to have to overcome or be mm -hmm. subject to. But 
at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if somebody came into Texas and said, you know, you Texans are going to live this way. We would, yeah, we wouldn't have it. Right. We just would not have it. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah. When people started calling it the next Vietnam, I was like, you realize that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> How angry those veterans were to leave that country afterwards and find out all the bullshit they put up with. Like. It's uh, And we support the troops no matter what right. the outcome of any conflict because they're only following orders. Right. They're doing what the uh, uh, primarily the white devil is telling them to do, the suits in Washington, and mm -hmm. they're following orders. And sometimes those orders are not, uh, are skewed, yeah. to say the least. So, yeah, it's just another thing that just keeps stirring the pot and the news media loves it. They love it when people are angry. Yeah. They're pushing everybody's buttons and everybody forgets to live their life. Yeah. And there's also some people, this is such a specific story. I just read it on Twitter the other night and I think you'll find it interesting. There was like a British college student who likes to go to dangerous places and he posts them on his YouTube and stuff. He's like 21 he bought tickets to go to Afghanistan because he saw it on the list of the most dangerous places in the world. Right. And he happened to buy those plane tickets for this past weekend. So he flew in on Friday right when the capital was being taken right over. Right before they closed the airport. Right huh? before they closed the airport. Now he's trapped there. He's posting selfies with machine guns. Like he's trapped in bunkers. Wow, and that's places. pretty wild. That's Isn't pretty that wild. so crazy? And he's just like the whole, like he's still texting his friends and like staying in touch with media about what's happening to him. But he literally could just be taken by them at any minute and like no one knows what to do. <laughs> that's that's a good thing to a certain extent because they had a blackout. They, they, they didn't want anybody, uh, any news reporters uh, at the airport. Right. So he, he could be the man on the street that we need to see. And uh, I mean, uh, that's the complete opposite of working in a cubicle. Right. Huh? This guy saying, no cubicles for me. I'm, I'm going to yeah. enjoy this planet. I'm going to suck it in. I'm going to live it. I'm going to experience the good and the bad and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And uh, where's this character from? He's from London. Yeah, do I they, believe. Do they know what mental hospital that he escaped <laughs> from? Uh, one of the universities out there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a, Br a Brit, huh? British kid. And yeah, he was saying if he gets out of this, okay, he wants to try and go to North Korea next. Like, this is not, that one, this is not turning not, him off. Uh, that one would be, uh, I think, foolish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that's, that's, they do bad things to Americans over there. Well, you can't even get in. Like, I don't even think you could buy plane tickets over there. I don't know how you would try to even get in, you know? Yeah, that that I know I, that, that that would be too much mm -hmm. because he could he could lose his life. He could be taken. They they, they caught an American on a tour group or something, uh, uh, fooling around with a poster in the in, in the uh, like in the country in North Korea in the hotel or something. Whoa! And because uh, they probably got security cameras everywhere, and oh, he's, yeah. and they sent him home with a in a, on a stretcher. Yikes. And he died shortly after, so they must have beat his brains in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, after that... Uh, Rogan, Young kid, too. Yeah. I mean, after that Rogan interview with the woman who escaped North Korea, like, I don't know if you heard it at all. She talked about how impoverished it is and everything. And to me, I'm like, I just don't even see how they would let Americans in. Because they're so... They preach constantly, America's the devil. So yeah, there's no way to... they would let Americans in, because then their people could need an American and realize they're not actually that bad. Right. You know? They have special tour uh, 
organizations, uh, but I don't know if that's still available. Yeah. In 1969, on today's date, on the 18th of August in 1969, Woodstock ended. Ooh. It attracted 400,000 music fans. That's so insane. Some of the best in the business at the time were involved in it, and it was up in uh, uh, Bethel, New York. Yeah. Uh, B-E-T-H-E-L, New York. Did you make your way up for that? Uh, no, I was, uh, I had gout surgery that day and oh. I couldn't make it. Yeah. Right. I'm still experiencing uh, fourth stage gout. Yeah. So I don't think they did too well in your surgery. No, no, no. They, uh, it was the wrong foot actually. Oh. And, uh, so that didn't help matters. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and happy birthday to Robert Redford. Okay. I know guess his how name, old, but what how, does he do? He's an actor. Okay. That's why. And guess how old he is. Ugh. Is he still alive? Yes. Um, is he like in his 70s? He's no spring chicken. Is he in his 70s, like 76? He could be in a diaper right now. Oh. <laughs> How old is he? 85. Oh, shit. Charlie knew that, too. He was nodding along. <laughs> no, I have a computer. So oh, he Googled I it. it up. <laughs> cool. I like the items of interest. Very uh, Lots of variety on those today. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Allison. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned you moved here to Austin in February, but did you start stand up in LA or did you start when you were still living in New York? I never did any, uh, comedy in New York. I think I did it twice in New York, mm. uh, but I started in the Bay area in San Francisco. Nice. In 19, get this, uh, I don't want to drop names, but, uh, Joe Rogan and I Ooh. started on the same year. 1988. Oh, dang. And I didn't know that until I think uh, I heard him say it someplace. Right. 1988. 33 years. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Does it feel like that? Uh, it went fast mm -hmm. because uh, when I got picked up at the comedy store, it was just... Uh, It was just unbelievable. You know, that was my goal, just to go and, 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 and uh, get into that world-famous comedy store. Yeah. And it happened. And then I was spoiled. Right. <laughs> when I did you... spoiled by that woman, Mitzi Shaw. When did God you get into her. the store? Uh, my official day of being a paid regular, I still have my contract, laminated, of course. Mm-hmm. Is uh, June eighth, seven or eight, nineteen ninety four. Wow! Man, but it took me five years before that to get to a be a paid regular. Right. So I was doing the potlucks on Monday night and mm -hmm. Sunday nights, and even hosting. And so it took me five years. I even rented an apartment right across the street on. Uh, uh, what's the name of that street right next to between the hotels? Anyway, I figured I'd go there and get right in. Yeah. No. 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 Five years. Wow. And then, uh, and then, then she gave me a spot every single. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you how it was for me. Yeah. Five uh, every single night, I got a spot in the OR or the original room. Right. As soon as you started being a paid regular. Yeah. Wow. So I was working with the likes of Paul Mooney, uh -huh. 
uh, Carlos Mencia, uh, Eddie Griffin, uh, Andrew Dice Clay was a drop-in uh, uh, quite a bit back then. And it was just, uh, and you waited and you waited and sometimes you waited and because it was a very loosely run club. Mitzi right. Shaw wanted people to, she, she let everybody, she liked the, uh, the chaos. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, that she liked that the comedians mostly ran it. And the light would come on and it would have no effect on the comic on stage. <laughs> they could keep going if they wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, something else, and we got along real, real good. We just hit it off because, mm. you know, I just treated her like I treat anybody else. Right, that yeah. goes a long way. Just being a genuine person, and uh, so that it went pretty fast. So I never really did the road, see? Because mm. yeah, so were you doing seven nights a week at the store? By that point, you said every single night, so you would yeah. take it if it was seven nights a week. Oh, yeah. Take I it. lived right down the street next yeah. to Pink Dot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never had to quit any of my day job. Mm-hmm. I never had to go on the road because I thought, well, you're at the comedy store doing comedy in Los Angeles, California. Where <laughs> do you want to, I mean, what what the hell else do you want? What is, right. you know? So I never, uh, I never did that, and I kept my day job, and... Uh, it worked out well, and now I'm 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 free of all the uh, day jobs, and now yeah. I can just I can just be do your podcast, do some stand up. I mean, you get booked all over here now too. Like, what is because you were still doing the store until COVID, right? Like regularly right. there, and then like what what does that change for you like? Because that's the first big transition in your entire. Well, it career. was going to be it was going to be very dicey. It was it was a personal. Exploration to see if being boxed in at the comedy store for 25 years, would I be relevant to the real world outside of that insular? Right. And and, uh, it would have been real easy if everybody hated me. (laughs) I secretly wanted to be hated so I could just get in my truck and drive back to L.A., (laughs) It would have been real easy, right? <laughs> right. But it wasn't the case. The audience loved uh, what I had to throw at them, and they took it, and they love it. The audiences are just great here. Right. They're not like uh, any other audiences in L.A. They don't come in the club with any kind of chip on their shoulder or anything. Well, we did have a problem. <laughs> the gay son was a little bit too much. <laughs> but they're just they're happy. They're living their life. They don't give a heck what anybody's saying. Yeah. They laugh at it and they don't laugh at it, but they don't take it generally by by vadem. Right. They don't personal. They don't take much offense. And I think too, like COVID probably helped with that in some ways because uh having started here myself and then gone to LA to do some shows, um, sometimes it felt like you could get away with more in Los Angeles to me. Um, but that was pre-COVID. And then right. once COVID hit, it was like the people who were really that scared of COVID tended to be the ones that were more offended at comedy shows. And since they're still not really coming out as much, it's like the audiences got room to um, be okay with laughing. Because it's, it's it's like it reset almost. And people were reminded that like, okay, this is a comedy show. Well, we can only hope. So yeah, that, you know, that this is just, you know. It's just, it's nothing to be 
you know, it's, mm. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Oh, no. <laughs> we have a doctor in the other room. What's the... <laughs> it's, it's nothing to be upset about, like you said. I mean, even if the comedian is saying something that you don't think is funny, or even if you disagree with it, you can just not laugh. Right. You know, you don't need to heckle the comedian. <laughs> you don't need to, you can leave if you want, but you don't need to make a scene out of, about it. Right. Yeah. And there are different kind of heckles. Heckles, sometimes they heckle you and they want to encourage you. Yeah. And they're not upset with you. And sometimes they're heckling you to uh, uh, end your existence. <laughs> and then... Uh, I've noticed like... That's a good distinction. I've noticed those. And then there's the people in the middle who think that they're making your set funnier. Right. I've seen too many comedians get heckled and then ask the person, why are you heckling me? And they're like, just wanted to help you out, bro. <laughs> like, what, I, what I've found is the people that you know, your acquaintances or people that you're friends with, supposedly, those are the ones that heckle you sometimes. I've been heckled by my brother, Jay. No. My God. It's, you know, do you... You know, the, the the least people you think are going to do that, do that. That's true, actually. You just uh, pulled up a buried memory for me. My uncle heckled me one time and probably got a bigger laugh yeah. than I did. Yeah, your freaking uncle. Yeah. The last person in the world you think he's going <laughs> to try to derail a performance is right. your freaking uncle. <laughs> right. Like, bro, I finally invited you to one. Don't step on me. Uncle, uncle stupid. <laughs> what was your father's brother or your mother's father's brother? Father's brother. Yeah. Trying to be part of the show, yeah. Like my brother Jay. Yep. Mm. Is your family is your family funny? Like, would they consider themselves a funny bunch? Yeah, they're very sarcastic. Yeah, they're very kind of sarcastic, and they get my humor, and uh, and uh, which is nice. And the comedy store special, really. You know, when you when your family because your family knows you more than anybody else. Right. So if they think. You did good, or you're funny, or you know you got away with it. Yeah, I like to call it getting away with it. Yeah, and uh, that's a good feeling because those—that's the hardest audience there is—is is your own family. True, because they know you. Yeah, so they don't take you. You know, you really have to. You know, so that was nice, especially if they themselves are funny and right. they kind of know it. Because yeah, I mean that uncle probably heckled me because he knows he's funny. You know, like, like that, that whole side of the family just constantly is cracking each other. And so like, if you can make, if you can make those people laugh who know you the most and also tend to be funny, it just is such a relief. At least for me, like I never wanted them to think I was wasting my time. Right. <laughs> right. I had fun at that show uh, we did up in the, the brewery. Oh yeah. My show. Good set. Yeah, my you you saw or well actually I don't think you met them, but my parents were at that show. I mean, I was uh, I, I I they everybody looked so nice and then and then uh, I wanted to go easy on them because I didn't want to make a scene, you right? Know? Uh, uh, but but they really they 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 they, they wanted more. They, they loved were, it as soon as you started what yelling. What was the neighborhood? That, yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as you got loud, that's and it was so funny. <laughs> they were the nicest bunch of people and every seat was taken. Yeah. So people wanted to come in, there was no more seats, they had to stand in the back. Yeah. What neighborhood was that? Part that's of town? uh it's by the domain, so it's like North Austin. Yeah. There's a bunch of breweries up there on Metric Boulevard and it's right. Fourth Tap up there. Yeah, um, that's a fun room, and I, I always go into that room because like I'm the host, and so like 
I always look for patterns on the type of people that come. And you're right. It's always people who seem to generally have their shit together. They're probably just out for like a couple drinks on a Saturday night at a brewery. It's not like they're going downtown. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers, right. you know. But but then you came in and just like knocked down the brick wall that was in there. <laughs> you had you had such a good set, and my parents and my brother and his wife were all there. And afterwards, they wouldn't stop talking about you. They're like, "We were so happy. This was the one we were in town for." <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, it, comedy is comedy is something else. It really is, you know. I. Um, I've been doing it since 1988 mm -hmm. and I'll have to tell you, I wish I was further along. Wow. That's how complicated for me, you know, comedy is because I'll tell you, Allison, uh, and I think you'll agree with me when you're on stage and this is for any comics that are listening or anybody you want to be, you want to be, you want to be, um, you want to be a comic and you don't want to be playing comic. Yes. So if you're a comic, you're in that zone and yeah. you're and you're doing well. You've been on you you've you performed where everything out of your face works. Yeah. And and you're it's like a a close conversation with a friend or a couple of friends at a party or something. And it just works. And then if you're playing comic for whatever reason now it could be uh, it's usually and that's why I, I i admire comics so much the people that really they really make you know because you have to you have to make every single type of audience yeah there are no excuses you know yeah you you have to be consistent you yes. have to be consistent and, and 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 so uh i have a lot of respect for the art form i mean it, it it's because uh, I grew up watching, watching. Uh, I, I admire what's his name. Uh, I don't care about his personal problems. Uh, what's the little guy with the glasses who married his cousin or his, his stepdaughter? Oh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> if you look up Woody Allen, uh, you'll find him on YouTube or something doing stand-up comedy. Oh. And he doesn't raise his voice at all, mm -hmm. and people have fallen off the chairs. Right. Laughing their asses off. Yeah. But he emotes or uh, emits very little. Yeah. He's like, that's a, how calm. good his jokes are. Yeah. So, it's, you know, people ask me, who do I like or what are my favorite comics? I would say Woody Allen, for one, just the sheer calmness that he exudes. An audience is dying. Right. And yeah. that's, that's so. I appreciate If that you makes sense, that. I don't no, know. No, it does. It does cuz like you're such a high energy comic that what you just did right there if that makes sense, like that's you on stage and that's you, that's part of you. And I tend to be a higher energy comic too. Um but I think that's also why we appreciate it so much is because there's so many different ways to do it that everyone kind of finds the groove that works for them, that's their flavor of what works for most audiences. Right. And it looks so different for everyone. You know, like Anthony Jesselnik can just shoot out these one-liners and act like a tool on stage the whole time oh, versus just... like, you know, someone completely expressive and like happy, like Eliza. You know, like those are two very different styles, but they're both comedy, you know? Um, and I don't like when they, they, they say, oh, why don't you work clean? Or why can't you work clean? Yeah. Why can't you mind your business? <laughs> 
A yeah. clean comic always wants to know why a dirty or a blue comic or a comic that drops F-bombs can't work clean. Right. But a dirty comic or a blue comic or an F-bomb dropping comic or an adult comic never tells a clean comic to work dirty. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a disconnect there. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, if that you can only do what you can do. You can't yeah. mess with this. You can't, you know, although uh, some people have changed. Uh, Richard Pryor changed his... Uh, his style in the early days, he was not who he was uh, uh, at the height of his career. Mm -hmm. George Collin is another example. Yeah. They got sick. Of, they got sick. Of, I think it's a good example of what I just talked about. They got sick of playing comic. Yeah. And then they became a comic. Right. Yeah. It's a shift. And you see a lot of people kind of hit their. You believe it? Did you believe? Did you, did, did, did you agree with me on that, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, he Go just ahead. wanted the Charlie. Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean, I didn't mean to wake him up. Go ahead. <laughs> Charlie is over there watching porn while we're recording the episode, hitting his vape. Oh, um. hi, honey, I'm home. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I think the sound of your porn's leaking into Brian's oh, microphone over there. Oh, it's been a hard day, very hard, honey. I want to show you something. Oh. I see why you went into comedy and not the adult film industry. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but uh, I do agree with you. It's like you see people kind of. And I'm not saying it's hard and I'm not taking anybody to task, but every yeah. comic knows when you're in the zone yeah. and when you're out of the zone. If you're waiting for the laughs, you're in trouble. Well, it's a, it's a process of. <laughs> it's a process of figuring out what your zone is, too. Right. You know, like I think. I mean, as someone who is still early on in the career, it's like you watch so many people who are so good at that and you just keep thinking, what's my version of that going to be? Like, personally, I, I started out with acting. And so, like, with acting, you really, like, you, you're not being yourself. You're being the character you're playing, right? And um, start switching to comedy is the total opposite of like, you actually need to figure out who you are and also who everyone else thinks you are. And once you kind of understand that, then you can be, be the comic rather than play it. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of the most diciest things I think anybody can do. And the good ones, uh, they make it look so easy. Yeah. That's the most infuriating part because you're watching them. But it's also like not infuriating in a bad way, but just like, oh, that I see what you're doing there and you're so good and this takes so much skill and then you aren't showing off any of that. It's, it's, uh, and, uh, they say the hardest to, to figure out is uh, when you have to do a television performance and you only have five minutes or right. whatever it is, then you really have to pick. right what material you're going to use I'm told uh and then it's and then what what is going to be acceptable right yeah which is that, almost nothing that is when you have to be clean like the one time where and your subject matter it. you know yeah I, there's a joke I have you know uh that wouldn't be eligible for television it was uh um uh what is the one about the cat oh no <laughs> Oh, they say a cat, you know, 
a cat always lands on all four paws. Mm-hmm. Well, not if you tie the paws up real tight. <laughs> now that wouldn't. That That's would, a clean joke, but it wouldn't fly oh, on TV. No, no, yeah. No, it'd come out of the woodwork. <laughs> Well, that's another interesting Sticking thing. Sticking up for cats. Yeah, that's another interesting thing. Like, I've opened for Jen Fulweiler, who uh, you might have met. She's tall, redhead. She's done a couple shows at Vulcan, but um, she does do clean material. But when she says clean, like, you can still talk about drinking. You can still talk about, like, a lot of these things. It's just mostly don't cuss or, like, get too sexual, right? Right. I got hired to do a corporate gig a couple weeks ago. And I did the set that I did opening for her because I it, I knew it was all clean. And I even ran it by the guy who booked me. I was like, hey, I opened for this person. Here's what the material looks like. Is this okay? And he said, yeah, that's fine. And it was, first of all, it was a Zoom stand-up show. Terrible for a corporation. And seven minutes into my 20-minute set, the guy on the corporation side who was running the call unmuted himself and said, hey, Allison, just a reminder, this is a corporate environment and HR is on the call. So if you could reel it in, that would be great. Oh, my word. And my jaw dropped. And luckily, the friend who had booked me was also in there and kind of saved my ass a little bit. He came in and did a few minutes at the end. But I was just floored because it made me realize, oh, yeah, clean means something different everywhere. So, like, even if you were trying to be a clean comic, you're never going to please anyone because someone's always going to find something to get upset about. Right. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna take you to task. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So, I, I agree with you. It's like, I'll be clean if that's what's coming out for me, but I'm not going to try and stick to it because even if I'm not cussing, someone's going to get mad at me for the subject matter. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, it's, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, but I think all the clubs are opening now. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to try and like do some road stuff now that you're kind of more in the middle of the country? I've been asked to do the, uh, skank. Is it skank? uh, Skank fest. Fest? Yeah. In Houston. In Houston on the first weekend of November. Yeah. Six and seven. So. I think I'm going to take the bus there. Yeah. There's a oh bus. My gosh. There's this bus called the... Uh, the Megabus. Oh, you know about the Megabus? Yeah. Yeah, I've taken the Megabus. Nice. There's another one called... Uh, Lo- uh, uh, like Lone Star or something? Uh, There's a lot of Lone Star somethings in Texas. It's like a luxury... It's like $100. It's a oh. luxury bus. I, I, um, I'd pay that extra to not have to be on the Megabus. Six people in the same row as you. <laughs> I want a picture of you riding a first-class bus. I think that would be so fun. <laughs> I thought I took a picture of the bus company. So here it is. Uh, Vana Line. Hmm. I haven't heard, heard of that, of that one. It's a private jet on wheels. Oh, my gosh. You definitely should do one of your uh, videos on Can that. Can you see what it is? See, it's, it's at the top. Oh, yeah. Von Lane. Yeah. You know, have you heard of them? Wheels. I haven't, but... I like the I like the slogan, private jet on wheels. You should bring like a bottle of champagne on that and just act like you're actually flying first class slash Shake private. It, open it up in the driver's face. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. Have you been to Houston before? Uh, I think I have uh, Galveston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, once. 
That's when I first saw the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. Very dirty water. Very dirty, yeah. Somebody told me it's because that's where the Mississippi uh, uh, exits into the... Yeah, yeah, there's that. And then, like, whatever it is with the current, because there's so many oil tanks out in the Gulf, it's like, I mean, literally most of the beaches in Texas, you'll find clumps of tar that is just like waste from the oil drills. <laughs> and then and then you get it on the bottom of your foot. Yeah, you can't it'll get stick. it off. They have that in uh, California too. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah. At least the water seems cleaner out there, but yeah, Gulf of Mexico is not on the Texas side is not that great. <laughs> what about uh Padre Island, South Padre Island? That's more fun. Yeah. That's like that is the very tip of Texas. That's like seven hours from here in Austin. That's where the Indian family I live with went. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they out of town right now? No, they're back. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I just pictured them being like, okay, we're going on family vacation. Bye. You can take care of the house. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I, my responsibility was to take care of the cat. They, okay. They took the chihuahua. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you've uh, you've talked about the Chihuahua before. Are you friends with it now? Oh yes. Okay. No. <laughs> we had a meeting in the mines. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and you're out like a little bit outside of Austin with them, right? Uh, Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Not too far from here. Yeah. Are you liking it down there? It's like it's nice. Yeah. It's a bit of a bottleneck right there. The seventy-one and two eighty. Right. Uh, they have to do some. They're in the process of widening, um, do, adding some lanes or doing a flyover or something. Yeah, it's pretty bad over there. The infrastructure, is, uh, it's, it's, it's got to it's gotta keep pace with the people, everybody that's moving here. Yeah, and probably quite a trek for you to go from southwest Austin to northeast where Red Band records <laughs> his uh, podcast. Are you still recording it at his house? Fuga, 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 Fuga what did it say for me? Uh, Flugerville. Fugerville. <laughs> Peeville. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we recorded his residence, his private yeah. residence on the second floor. Yep. And we did one yesterday. Oh, nice. Well, who'd you record with? Uh, Lauren Compton. Oh, sweet. I did see she was in town. Yeah. And Brenda, she's going to New York as well. Uh, and Brenda, uh, is, uh, 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 she's got a really, a really uh, twist, twisting last name. Oh, I can relate. <laughs> uh, we got a Google going on with the last name. Here it is. You say it for oh, me. Oh, no. Everyone thinks I can say hard last names just because, okay. Oh, Zuniga. Brenda, it's got the little Brenda, Brenda. That's, that's, that sounded just right. Zuniga? Yeah. Zuniga. That's a weird role. It's got the Enya instead of regu regular N. She was uh, Miss Burbank. Oh, sweet. Uh, beauty contest winner. And uh, Lauren uh, Compton is a uh, 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 former Playboy bunny. Oh, I, okay. I saw that she headlined a show here, I guess on Friday, maybe. Um, I swear I had heard her name before. Like I, she's got. Last Friday? Yeah. She was the host of. Uh, oh, she was the host. At Pershing. Yeah. Cause you were on that show, the right? private club. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So does she do stand up or was she just hosting the show? Both. Both. You know, okay. Know, she does some stand up while she's hosting. Cool. Yeah. She opened up the show. 
I just wonder if I heard her name because she used to be a Playboy bunny because I heard the name and I was like, wow, I know that name, but I didn't associate it with comedy before I saw her at that show. Right. So that's really cool. Um, I also like how on your podcast, you sometimes you just book two random guests like that might not even know each other that much. Like um, when I did it, it was with uh, Jason Rouse. Right. And I kind of knew him, but it was still right after he had moved here. And he looks like he would have murdered me at this point. <laughs> so I loved doing that because I didn't really know him that well at that point. I mean, he's my friend now, but. If you saw him in a light alley, you'd be upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you meet him and you're like, yeah, I see why you never turn your lights on in your apartment. You just, you need to stay in the dark. <laughs> He's covered in skulls and black clothing anyway. Right. Yeah. So you've been having fun with the podcast since you moved it out here? Yes, the podcast is doing well. Mm -hmm. And I've already I've started one in Los Angeles. I it, saw. So does that count as a, a branch off of Dead Air? Like, right. It's... it's, it's um, the Dead Air, Austin is uh, Red Band's child mm -hmm. on uh, Red Band's network. And Dead Air LA will be uh, on my YouTube channel. Nice. And that'll be uh, separate from Dead Air Austin. Yeah. So are you, I know you were just in LA for a little bit. Did you, Are you going to like kind of be going back and forth a little more now so you can get those episodes shot and do some spots? I'm going back on August 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my birthday. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, 35. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Uh, you don't look a day over 30. All right. Thank you so much, <laughs> Allison. I'll give you the money later. <laughs> and, uh, we'll make a social media clip out of that one. I'll do uh, some spots at the comedy store and work on a couple of projects, and then I'll come back to Austin. Cool. Uh, so I guess I'm going back and forth. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's a really cool thing about what's happening here in Austin is that it is a direct flight away from LA. So a lot of the people who came from LA are still able to, to do that. I uh, take spirit airlines. Yep. Uh, seat one F on Always. the window. If it's available, that's the one I grab. Oh my gosh. Wait, but does spirit, one let you, F. does spirit let you pick or is it like yes, bus style? You, okay. You can pick your, they have a, uh, they have seats in the front that are large seats. Okay. And uh, one F, one F. If you're flying Spirit, don't book that one because it's Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit Hope Airlines, if you want to sponsor. <laughs> I hopefully they all their problems are over by now. Right, they've had some scheduling issues. Oh like yeah, a lot of airlines. This COVID things are just not going to snap back like that. It's going to take some time. Do you think COVID is why it's been so chaotic at the airport recently? They're just. Oh, yes. Not used to having this many people out again or... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, people started flying again in, in big, big numbers and they didn't have the manpower. You see these flight attendants and pilots, they have uh, they can only work a certain amount of hours per month. Right. And, you know, I've been on airplanes where they taxi out for the runway to take off and then they come back. Just because it's time to switch. Uh, because they ran out of time. <laughs> you think they'd just wait at the gate. Yeah. No, they go right out. What? <laughs> You know, it has to be official, and they go right out like they're going to take off, and then they, the pilot comes on and makes the announcement that, uh, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, we have to go back to the gate that uh, the flight attendant, the flight crew has been timed out. That's the most... It's never happened to you? No. Oh, yeah. I fly quite a bit, too. That's just hilarious to me that it's like... 
they're like, oh, well, I guess if we had taken off on time, these people are stuck working an extra four hours. You know what? You know when it really happens is when your flight is delayed for whatever reason, maintenance and what have you. Then they try to leave again a few hours later. And then as a result, they run out of time. Wow. And all, and uh, that happened to be on Spirit. I, I, I've been on Spirit where they had to uh, uh, come back to the gate to uh, eject one of the passengers. Oh, she, like someone got kicked off. I, she got kicked off, but she wasn't upset. They asked her to get off, and she just got off. So what I'm thinking is somebody put her on that plane to get rid of her. <laughs> you know, couldn't stand her dumb ass anymore. Right. Put her on the plane. You're out of here. She didn't want to go. So she made a problem because right. they come up to you and they tell you, hey, be quiet. Right. Listen to me. Listen to me. The, the, they try to talk you down. Listen to me. The, 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 the flight attendant. Listen to me. Listen to me. And they keep going and going and going. And finally, finally, the, the, the flight attendant has to tell the pilot, we got to get rid of this person. Wow. And they go back to the gate. That's never happened to me before. Yeah. It's quite exciting. I don't think I've, <laughs> yeah, I've just heard so many more horror stories since masks have been required on flights of people getting kicked off. I still haven't seen one though. People are just, you know, you, your parents always told you when you were growing up, you know, behave yourself. Right. When you go someplace or whatever, you behave yourself. These adults are just not behaving themselves. They're like children. They weren't told to behave themselves. I mean, they're just they, they're acting up like unruly school children on a bus. They didn't a school bus. They didn't have New Yorker parents to tell them to behave, or else they get the kibosh. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a. It, it seems like the the people who were spoiled as kids are now becoming adults, and those are the ones that make the biggest stink. I guess some of them are just uh, bad seeds. Yeah. Dented cans. Right. Well, now everyone's supposed to be able to share their opinion and have a safe space. So they feel like they can do that and cause problems for everyone else. For everyone else. Yeah. 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 But we'll get through it. Yeah. I just hope it ends soon. I know. It's just going to be year number two now. Right. Soon. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I mean, at this point, like... It's already been two years, hasn't it? About. I mean, the first case was in November March, 2019. December March 11th, 19. Night was my last uh, my last show before COVID 19. It was a March 11th, for Wednesday evening, 19, 2019. Was it nine? No, was it nine, was 2020, it? right? Yeah, 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah, but the virus was already coming over in like January that year. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been a year and a half almost. Um, yeah, it's it's so insane, especially with that, right? Because, like, I think uh, Tony Hitchcliffe had shot uh, an hour. Like, he just had his phone up, and he, like, shot an hour of stand-up at the La Jolla Comedy Club, uh, Comedy Store. And that was the day before San Diego shut down. And so, like, you remember March 11th. I'm pretty sure that was a day that I was flying home from Phoenix. Like, it's just so weird that we were doing normal stuff and having a show, and then the next day they were like, yeah, that's- nope. That's the last day that I perform, and then the club closed the next day. I think Thursday was the next day. Yeah. It's the 12th. Yep. They closed it. Yeah. Yeah, because then Austin followed suit the following Monday. I was flying on the 12th. I was flying home from Phoenix that night, and there was no one in the airport. It was just me and my mom, and we were, like, watching CNN before we left, and it was, you know, Cuomo making some dramatic statement, like, I don't think the world's ever going to be the same again. 
And I was yelling at the TV in front of my mom. I was like, everyone's a pussy. No one knows what's going on. This is bullshit. It'll be over in two weeks. And then we got to the airport and there was no one at the Phoenix International Airport on a Thursday night flying. And I was like, this is, something's up. (laughs) Things are not going well. Mm -mm. But I'm hopeful too. Like, I mean, uh, you know, if it does turn into a thing where it's just in the human population now, like, We've managed the flu for how many millions of years, you know? Right. I think we'll be able to figure this one out, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be over soon. Maybe. I can only hope. You got you got an inside scoop on that? You sound like you're working with the CIA. I think I'm going to end it soon. Uh, the movie guy, you know, uh, that guy who always announces all the movies? Yeah. Oh, coming in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> the way you just did that sounded like if someone shot that guy up with like heroin right before he hit record. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> As if that guy turned into a zombie on The Walking uh, Dead. <laughs> I'm coming to eat you now. <laughs> How do you feel now with those vitamins in you? I'm feeling pretty good. My bag's almost done. Um, yeah, this one's got, uh, there's a nutrient in here called NAD, which is basically like, the stuff that converts into energy for your cells. So when you first start the drip, it kind of feels like a, like, whoa, it's a little bit of a stimulant. And so that's why I actually, it was dripping faster at the beginning and I slowed it down so I wouldn't get a little crazy Oh, you can adjust the flow? Yeah, you just do this little roller right here, make it faster or slower. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I like doing this, you know, it keeps you hydrated and, um, you know, when you take supplements, it's good for you, but like, your your gut only absorbs so much of what you eat. And so if you can get it just directly into your blood like this, then you're getting all of the vitamins uh, directly to where you need them. So it's uh, definitely niche and kind of a new thing, but it's fun. Hi. <laughs> uh, that's Erin. She uh, runs operations here at MSW Lounge, where we're shooting, by the way. Wonderful. But, yeah. Is she, uh, is she a nurse? No, she is more like the business management side. Oh, yeah. The bean counter. She's the one, yeah, she's the one who keeps us all in check, honestly. Mm. Yeah, when I had to work front desk last week, she was like sending me text messages throughout the day, the most detailed shit. I was like, how do you have all of this in your head? I used to do this job and I don't know any of this. <laughs> but yeah. So there are a lot of clients that come in. Yeah, it's pretty busy now. When I first started with these guys, um, I was the intern and it was just me and the two co-founders and we were in a room smaller than this podcast studio. So we could fit like one client at a time for an IV. And then like I had a table outside of the room where I would mix the drinks (laughs) and all that stuff. And then, um, once I stopped being the intern, they asked me to start doing some of the marketing work. And so I just like learned as much as I could for that. And now we've grown it to have two units and a podcast studio and like, you know, we've got several nurses on staff and front desk people and, um, podcast and it's, it's fun. It's, it's cool to see it grow, you know? Very nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Health is important. It is. Most people, a lot of people will reach a certain age and they'll say, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have took better care of myself. Yeah. And it's kind of uh, sad or morose that they uh they just uh they just let themselves go. Yeah. It's it's interesting cuz I think there's kind of uh 
two ways to look at that. Um, first is, yeah, if you're young and you can start taking care of yourself now, that's optimal because you're going to prevent a lot of those bad things down the line. But if you start running into health problems at any age, I think there's a lot more opportunity to reverse them or at least make the symptoms go away than people realize. Oh, yes. And, and that's the main goal here. I mean, we have people come in with all sorts of problems and we, we literally use nutrition and lifestyle and like, yes, we can prescribe medication if needed, but we really try to use the health-based approaches to help people turn those things around. I mean, we've seen diabetes numbers reverse. Oh, yes. Um, so much weight lost for clients, like uh, better sleep, lower stress levels, you know, people decreasing their depression medication because their health is just more in li aligned. Um, and none of those things are things that we, you know, if someone comes in here and says, I'm depressed and... Uh, diabetic, please reverse these things. We're not going to ever guarantee that that happens, but we will show you the building blocks to reduce those symptoms. And some people will talk with their primary care physician afterwards and just say like, hey, my numbers are perfect. Can I decrease my medication? That way you don't have to pay for meds as much, you know? Um, I, I really like that there's people who are studying and sharing those things. Right. I think people are more inclined to reach for that prescription yeah. Take a pill, take a pill, take a pill, 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 pill. And they're coming up with all sorts of nonsense. I was in a convenience store, mm -hmm. a gas station convenience store up in Pflugerville. Yeah. And I'm looking to get something to drink. And on the on the radio, one of the commercials was uh, leaky, leaky bowel syndrome. Oh. They're just making stuff up now. Yeah. And they're going, you know, they give you the symptoms, you know, uh, do you have oily stools? Right. And I'm going, I don't want to hear this. Right. This is nonsense, okay? You know, this is just, it's it's gotten to the point where, you know, they're making up stuff. It is. They're just making up stuff. And it's actually, so this is true. Like, I don't want anyone to get mad at me for this. This is like, a le they legitimately made up. Um, the term, like marketers made up the term erectile dysfunction. And like, sure, that's like a thing that some men genuinely experience. But when Viagra was invented, that's when the term erectile dysfunction was created because they were originally designing Viagra as an athletic performance enhancer. It was supposed to open up all of your blood vessels and make more yeah, blood go to your muscles. Yeah, they found it by accident, didn't they? And they were testing it, and the guys kept getting boners. And they were <laughs> like, wow, well, it opens up some blood vessels. We can sell this. Like, we think guys would want this. <laughs> and so they made up the term erectile dysfunction and distributed it out. And now that's one of the top-selling drugs ever. It's just <laughs> and that was purely just because they accidentally made the wrong athletic performance drug. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like the guy who made the, the post-ups. That was an accident, too. Really? What was that? He was trying to do something else, and then he invented the uh, post-it. Yeah, the little, oh, the uh, post-its. Yeah, post-it notes. He was working on something else, and he discovered that. <laughs> that's so funny. And now that's like a billion-dollar yeah. interest, you know, because it, it just makes sense. His whole funny has trust funds now. <laughs> like His whole family has trust funds. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's... a. Uh, that's also a cool thing to think about, though. Like, um, what's that Einstein quote? Like, I didn't find, uh, well, how, I don't know how many times did he fail at the light bulb. I didn't find a hundred ways to, uh, he's like, I didn't mess, mess up the light bulb a hundred times. I, I discovered a hundred ways how not to make a light bulb. 
And it's just like, oh, that's a cool way to look at it. Because if you're trying to do one thing and it doesn't turn out the way you want, well, can it be used for something else? I think that relates to a lot of jokes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Someday I'm going to have some jokes. <laughs> you, tell, you, tell a, you tell a couple. You've got a couple that you'll close your set with. <laughs> um, okay. Going back to comedy a little bit, though, like... We can, we can wrap this up fairly soon, but I do want to ask you, like, why did you start doing stand-up? I was, uh, I was working for United Airlines up in the Bay Area, and they mm. have a big maintenance facility in San Francisco, and that's where I was hired on. And I needed, uh, I needed something to do. Yeah. You know? I needed something to, to occupy my time uh, in the evenings. Basically, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had to figure out I needed an outlet. Yeah. Uh, but I think what the, uh, the spark was when I was in the Air Force in Okinawa, we had a, a class that we took. And at the end of this class, some kind of communications class or something. And we had a dinner after that class. Mm -hmm. And they picked me to be the MC for this, this dinner. <laughs> yep. And in that class, there were two reporters from the Far East Network, uh, F, uh, uh, FEN, Far mm -hmm. East Network. These were the people that were on camera delivering the news for the people overseas. Right. Two of them. Yeah. A woman and a man. So they picked me. And I was like, why are you picking me? Pick the professional newscaster. The, right. The, 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 but they picked me. Yeah. So I uh, I proceeded to just talk about some of the people in the class, you know, and things that I had remembered from the class. Yeah. And it went smashing. Yeah. And that's when the seed was planted for mm. me because it was so fun. Yeah. So then I got to uh, uh, the Bay Area and uh, I finally did an open mic at the Holy City Zoo, which is closed now. And that's where I, you know, I, 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 I and then it, it it was always fun after that. That's so cool. It's interesting that most people have that one memory of like. But that's where the seed was planted. It. Yeah. That you know. And I remember HBO back in the day. In HBO, they had uh, a, a thing called HBO on location, mm -hmm. and it was a little club with a brick wall in the back. You can find it on your YouTube. And uh, they they had Freddie Prince. Yeah. And it was real intimate. And I remember that. So they, I, I knew there was a thing called stand-up comic, but I had no idea that I was ever going to right. uh, get involved in it until I got involved in it and then got a peer group and went to all the open mics. And it was just fun with pile in the car and, yep. and do the open mics. And somehow uh, we all got on. It was amazing. And then when I came to L.A. in 89, I had to start all over again. Meet new people. And, and, and do open mics. Mm -hmm. and do open mics. Yeah. And uh, because San Francisco was very cliquish. Yeah. So That's... I so I wanted to just get it over with. Let's go to L.A. and see. Yeah. Put this to bed or not. Right. And then Mitzi Shore ruined my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Locked you in forever. <laughs> ruined my whole life. Again, it would have been easy if she just said, you know, you're not really funny. You know? <laughs> You can't use you here. That would have been okay. Right. I'll go on with my life. Sounds like that's the theme. 
You go to a new place. If they hate me, cool, I can leave. Thank God they hate me. I can go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, and uh, so that's that's where that's when I started. That's when, I, and I think I'm still doing it is because uh, they let me do it, and you still like it. Right? I like it. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy it. I think it's fun to make people laugh mm-hmm. and uh, talk about nutty things or my opinion on things. And 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 again, they uh, and I and I try to try to stay uh, rev uh, revelant. Yeah, and uh, and you do. I mean, you 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 come out with new material a lot. I mean, you've been doing it a long time, so it makes sense, but. You're not afraid to just, I remember like talking to you before one of your sets one time and you just basically said something along the lines like, I don't know what I'm going to say till I go up there. And I loved that because it made me realize like, that's how, that's how you stay relevant. Like you go up there and you, you have jokes that you're working on or like things in your set. Yeah. Yeah, Talking points, but you never know what order you're going to do them in. You're really good at feeding off of the room. Or if you're not feeding off of the room, you're like, I have a thing I want to say and I'm going to go up there and say it, you know? And that's a really cool way to, to do comedy. It's, it's authentic and it's in the moment. Right. And um, I may say the same thing over again, but it'll never come out the same way. Right. Yeah. Like you said, talking points. Which is good and bad, but it's okay. You know, I, I can't, I can't, I just, I just have to just, uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't pick it apart. I right. can't make it. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's 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 too critical. Uh, you know, making somebody laugh is like a sneeze. Mm. I can't make you sneeze. Right. I can't make you laugh. Right. It really has to. Something has to happen in your mind. Yeah. From what you hear, it's and 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 then it develops into a laugh. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't. You can't force it on anybody. Nobody's gonna do it. Yeah. It has to come from someplace. Right. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah. It's always an adventure. You never know what you're going to find. And of course, you can, uh, it can go south. Totally. <laughs> it can go south. But that's, that's part of, uh, you know, that's part of, I guess, being unstable and out of your mind. <laughs> you know, one would do that. And you know, how you, you learn. You shouldn't do that. You know? <laughs> that's how you uh, learn, too. Yeah. That's how you find that groove you were talking about. That's what happens when you can't afford therapy. <laughs> Putting that in quotes. <laughs> I do comedy because I don't go to therapy. <laughs> oh, wow. yep. There's my bag. We're gonna... Oh, you don't take it out yourself, do you? I can, but I'm not going to. Yeah, wanna... yeah. Let the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, please don't. <laughs> I'm not going to scare anyone. <laughs> I just, I just closed. <laughs> the it. blood spurts all over. Just... <laughs> Tarantino film, real fast. Um, so oh, yeah. I did have one more question for you, okay. and it's kind of broad. Um, but what are you excited about? It, it can be anything. Just what are you excited about right now? I have a project coming along in, yeah. in, in L.A. that I can't talk about. Okay. <laughs> but you're excited about <laughs> I'm not about willing it. to talk about. You okay. Know, because, but I'm excited about that project. I'm excited about, uh, uh, I'm excited about the prospect of this damn COVID-19 to be over and get life back to normal and travel, international travel, Yeah. any travel, uh, you know, and just no more masks and, uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to maybe this country, uh, stop being at each other's throat. 
Yeah. I love it when the whole country's on the same page. Right. And now it does, doesn't seem like that. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's disheartening. Yeah. There's a, it seems like there's a lack of common interest right now. I think, I think there's always been like, um, disagreements, but there was always kind of that common interest of like, let's find what's best for the country. Right. And right now it seems like people are so wrapped up in their opinions that tend to go one way or the other that it's like, we're not even willing to listen to each other to find that middle ground of what's best, you know? Even if you disagree with somebody, you can just disagree with them nicely. Yeah, and you'd still be nice and to people. And let them have their opinion. Yeah. You just let people have their opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the people are yelling at people for not ma- wearing masks. People are yelling at people for wearing masks. <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah. Nobody's behaving. Yeah. Nobody's behaving and everyone's kind of scared, which makes them even uh, crazier sometimes. But uh, so we'll see what happens to uh, our little America. Yeah. Um, And then also, where can people find you? You want them to find your podcast, Instagram, website, any of that stuff? Sure. I'm glad that you reminded me because I forgot that's what... It's so important today to tell people how they can reach you. Did you bring a laminated something that tells people your your social media oh shit yes <laughs> this is amazing okay uh instagram is at brian holtzman i also i also did the other side uh instagram <laughs> at brian holtzman so there'll never be a, a wrong side yeah that's a virgo that's there'll so never be smart. a wrong side see so on Instagram at Brian Holtzman, uh, Facebook uh, uh, Brian Holtzman on Facebook. <laughs> okay, uh, Twitter at Holtzman Brian. For some reason, that's Holtzman Brian. I don't know why that is. Uh, Twitter is uh, uh, at Holtzman Brian. Uh, YouTube is uh, Brian Holtzman now on YouTube. Uh, or Brian Holtzman now. With two N's. Holtzman now. I guess. YouTube. Uh, don't hold me to that. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I think I have an old laptop. So when I put in Holtzman now, I can't. I don't know. If you want a dead air T-shirt, Holtzman.store. Do you have uh, this type of merch up there too? Yes. Keychains. I heard Holtzman keychains. Uh, uh, podcast Dead Air Austin or Dead Air uh, Austin. Yeah, just look for Dead Air on uh, uh, the, the, the Death Squad Network. Uh, Brian Redband, the uh, Pod Father, the Pod Father. <laughs> I really heard my accent on that. <laughs> the pod father. Oh, that sounds dumb and horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> I want an accent that makes you feel, you know, sound like a special needs adult uh, <laughs> on medication. Uh, and there's a podcast, Dead Air LA. Look for Dead Air New LA one. on Spotify. And uh, number three will be coming up soon. Sweet. And, uh, uh, and uh, that, that, that'll be on my YouTube channel. 
And uh, did I do Instagram? Yep, yet? we're back at the top. Okay, we're back at the top. <laughs> Speed round. If you're only listening to the audio, he brought flashcards, so you should definitely watch the video ending on YouTube I'm of this. Sorry. No, I you love it. Say all you tell you all your friends you saw a real retard today on 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 uh, yeah. What's the name of this one? Detox with Allison. You saw a real retard on Detox with Allison. I think that's the best sign-off we could have, well, Brian Holtzman. You could, the, re the real reason is I've got a watermelon-sized growth at the base of my spine that <laughs> causes me to, not to mention the gout. That's the problem. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Have a good day, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.